I'm Bridget Trong. And I'm Tom Yanni. In this glossy social media era, we see the filtered, polished view of life. But let's face it, life can get messy. So let's get comfortable with being uncomfortable. On today's episode, we're sitting down with my good friend, Joey Salmingo, who's a host, producer, and the founder of FATE, a nonprofit organization dedicated to training and educating individuals on life-saving practices related to foodborne allergies. Joey lost his beautiful sister, Joanna, last August from an allergic reaction to nuts. She was 30 years old. As we approach the one-year anniversary of Joanna's passing, we're honored to have him on to talk about the impact of loss and grief with Tom, who recently lost his father, and me, who's been mourning the end of a relationship. If you're listening today and you're grieving the loss of an ending, be kind and be gentle to yourself. The only way to heal is to acknowledge the grief. Don't rush the process. Just remember it is and will continue to be a process. This truly is the impact of loss and grief. Well, Joey, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. I know you are coming up on a year of your mm-hmm. sister's uh, passing. Yes. August. August 8th. August 8th. Yeah. So that's very, very soon. How are you feeling heading into this date? Um, obviously, the, the feelings and the emotions are starting to resurface again. Um, we're replaying. I mean, I was going to say we, we're replaying everything now, but realistically, we replay it every single day. We've been replaying it since. Um, so just to give you a little bit of a background as to what happened um, around this time last year, my sister uh, had come home with a dessert that she had had before, but never from uh, Whole Foods, which is where she bought it from. And uh, my sister has been allergic to nuts her entire life, all nuts, including peanuts. And this particular dessert, the vegan version of it, was made um, intentionally with cashew milk. Um, there was a little bit of a misdirect with the make and tain label, um, and she had eaten it and unfortunately suffered uh, an anaphylactic reaction, which resulted in uh, loss of oxygen to her brain for more than 20 minutes or so, and uh, that resulted in uh, brain death over 17 days in ICU. So we, I mean, <clears throat> I say that we basically watched her die eating her favorite dessert, which sounds kind of morbid, but it it is the reality of it. And um, and it, it's something that we purposely talk about because a food allergy, food allergies are very prominent this day and age, and we want to, people to know how serious they are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've known you for quite some time, mm-hmm. and I think got closer with you the yeah. past year. Yeah. Um, despite the tragedy, but seeing you kind of cope with the loss has been admirable you've kind of hustled every day since she passed um really putting the message out there starting the organization which is fate doing as much press as you can to get the word out there and same with you tom you lost your dad not too long ago and you pretty much threw yourself right back into work everyone copes differently but do you think that whatever coping mechanisms you respectively took on were effective you? Um, well, as you said, everybody's coping mechanism and is, is different. And I'm starting to just realize that my coping mechanism um, <laughs> was very much uh, a need and want to 
try to make a difference, which is why I started FATE, Food Allergy Training and Education, our nonprofit initiative uh, for education. Um, and I, I told you this not too long ago that because we're approaching a year now, only now, it, it's not that I wasn't mourning already, because obviously at the time is very tragic, it still is. Um, and I do have my moments of, of, of sadness and sometimes even uh, to label it as de- depressive states. Um, but because we're so, because of where we are now and all the feelings starting to resurface again, I feel like I didn't, now that I look back on that time, I feel like I didn't give myself a chance to properly mourn. And I'm finding myself more in that state today than, than as, as, as when it first happened. Um, although, you know, that being said, I've, I've always said that, you know, it's, it's all about being able to and having the uh, cognizance to manage your emotions. It's like time management. If you manage your time correctly, you're going to be efficient. Well, if you manage your emotions correctly, you're also going to be efficient in, by way of being able to continue and, and, and live your life and move through um, what you're going through. Um, it's interesting, Joey, hearing you say that maybe at uh, a year ago you didn't give yourself enough time to mourn because I'm probably still in a little bit of shock. It's like still fresh enough that it, it's still hard to believe that it happened. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like uh, other people in my family, everybody has their own unique reaction to these types of things as well and reacts in different ways. And um, for me, I have, uh, I guess my approach is to get back at it. That's kind of the way it's always been, but I might find myself in a very similar scenario in 11 months time. Sure. Cause uh, I don't know, that's another, maybe a separate topic and maybe I have advice on this. Like how do people mourn how do you work through um, just sort of a loss? It's usually, I feel like you either distract yourself, um, escape in some way, sure. um, or you confront the emotions, the thoughts head on. I think it's one of three ways. Yeah, it's interesting with, uh, like I'm more than willing to confront these things head on and I, I think I have over the, the last month and at the same time, I don't know. I'd be curious to get your opinion on this, that uh, it, sometimes I feel like maybe it just takes time too. like no matter how much I might be willing to confront a loss like that. I think it's going to take a long, long time to fully process the loss. Well, of let, me, someone on that level. let me interrupt you right there intentionally. There is no time, right? There isn't an allocated amount of time where we're supposed to get over, get through, et cetera, et cetera. I don't, I, and I didn't mean get over because you never get over it. But there is, don't think for a second that there is some sort of time limit where by this point in time, six months, 11 months, you know, two years from now, that's when I'm going to be good with it. Because deep down inside, we're never going to be good with it. The point is not to forget about it you know, um, or get over it because we never get over it. The point is to learn to live with it, live with what happened and allowing it to be a part of your life, right? We've always heard that everything is a lesson, right? Everything is an experience. I don't believe in, in, uh, uh, in mistakes. 
because everything, you know, you say, the people say you learn from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. No, you learn from your experiences, right? Because when you say you learn from your mistakes, you're looking at it in a half-empty sort of way. But when you learn from your experiences, you're realizing that the glass is refillable anytime you want. You can choose whether the glass is half-empty, half-full. You don't have to look at the glass and determine what it is by looking at it, right? Refill it. I mean, that applies for any type of loss. It's not necessarily losing a loved one, but losing something that you truly value in your life. Yeah, I think the definition of grief and loss um, would be when you invest so much of yourself, your time, your effort, your soul, your love into a particular person, a thing, an event, several things, and all of a sudden... It gets taken away from you. That's what grief and loss is. So a breakup, a death in the family when you least expect it, Um, a house fire, right? Losing your sobriety. Like when you lose something that you've invested so much of yourself into, that's what grief and loss is. It doesn't necessarily have to be life and death. It's that element of control and power that's completely stripped away from you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a vulnerable place to be. Absolutely. And, and humans hate being vulnerable. Humans are naturally afraid of being vulnerable, for one, as I said, but also of what they don't know, right? We're naturally afraid of what we don't know. So we'll, we, will, we would rather be upset and comfortable with upsetting ourselves with, a, with an answer that we've created other than, uh, as opposed to, um, uh, not knowing what the result is. So I'll give you an example. We're in the schoolyard, right, where kids are playing, and then you're staring at me weird. So in my head, I'm going, what the fuck is this guy looking at? Does he think I'm fat? Does he think I'm skinny? Does he think I'm gay? Does he think I'm straight? Does he like my shirt? Does he hate my shirt? And I'm going to go through all of these answers that I'm creating for myself, and finally I'm going to come to an answer that's like, he thinks I'm fucking fat. What a fucking asshole, Right? And that, happens, and that happens all the time. Instead of, because like, he could be looking at me and saying, man, that guy has really nice hair. Mm-hmm. Right? That could be what's in his head. That's what I'm hoping. What's in his <laughs> you do have nice hair Thank for you. anyone that is not but, watching But this. do you get what I mean, though? Right? Yeah. You have something in your head. Yeah. You may not have something in your head, but I'm creating that answer for myself, and I'm going to be satisfied with the way I've upset myself. So how we implement that in the way that we deal with grief and loss is because we're afraid of what tomorrow may or may not bring, we anticipate the worst possible outcome. We anticipate that I'm never going to get over this. We anticipate that this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me and, and I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But the very definition of growth is doing things that you are not familiar with. That's the definition of growth. So yeah, you're going to be shitty. But in order to be amazing, you have to be shitty. You're not going to know what one is without the other. Does that make sense? Yeah. I got a little heated there. Sorry. No, I like it. (laughs) Like the passion. Yeah. Um, So sometimes I talk with friends that are, yeah, maybe they're dealing with a breakup. Or maybe it's just somebody that is just devastated that Kawhi Leonard left the Raptors and they don't know what they're going to do with their favorite team leaving or favorite player leaving their favorite team. Something as simple as that. Yeah. But um, a lot of people have difficulty, what I would call like changing the channel when you get into sort of a thought pattern and you, it's just repetitive yeah. and you can't break the loop. 
the best explanation I've ever heard is like when you listen to a record and it hits a scratch and it just keeps hitting, hitting the same, same part note. and you just need to lift up the needle and move it. But sometimes people struggle to just move that needle to a new thought pattern. Do you have any tips or advice or anything that has, again, understanding that it's different for everybody, but is there anything that has worked for you? So obviously we can only all speak from experience, right? And I'll, and I'll just go back a little bit to being able to manage uh, your emotions and, and everything is a choice. I'll give you a, an example to, to help with the answers that my, my sister's boyfriend, Mark, they were together for 15 years. And he thought he was going to spend the rest of his life with this person because, well, he spent the whole beginning part of his life with this person. That got taken away from him. So he's now in, in a state of, I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. There's no worth. There's no value. He doesn't, there's no passion in doing anything. And the example that I gave him was um, the analogy of digging yourself a hole. Right? I speak in metaphors a lot. So when you experience grief and loss, no matter what, you're going to dig yourself a hole because we don't want to deal with it. We want to hide. So the difference is, is that Mark has dug himself a hole so deep that he can't see the surface, right? And he's acknowledged this. He's like, I know. I don't know why, where I am. And I said, Mark, what you need to do is dig yourself a hole that's deep enough where you can crouch and hide in, but also shallow enough where you can step out into the world and do what you need to do so that you can choose when to hide and when not to hide. Because we are going to need the time to grieve and, 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 and go through what we need to go through, right? Feel the way that you want to feel. Be sad. Cry yourself to sleep. It fucking hurts. Absolutely it does. And you're allowed to feel that way. But life is going to go on with or without you. And seeing the value in your own life is one thing that you really have to get through and, and understand and be able to do and to choose to, to utilize the energy that you have for yourself, for the betterment of yourself, or the people that are around you. The struggle sometimes is knowing that, though. Absolutely, it's absolutely, that it's for sure, yeah. absolutely. And and again, like I, you know, you you use the word advice, and 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 I'll, you know, respectfully disagree that that there's you can't. There's no book. There's no person. There's no you know, meme or anything that is going to give you an answer, right? You have to experience and go through that roller coaster on your, on your own. And that's the only way that you're going to learn. And you're going to be scared at the drops and, and you're going to be scared at the, the highs too because you're, you're going to get to a certain point of the apex and you're like, when, when am I going to go down again, mm-hmm. right? The, the anticipation again of when is this going to stop or be over, Right. I'll again. I'll give you another metaphor, which I think I told you this before as well. It's is um, when when we were going through our grief and loss, which we still are. I had mentioned that. Sorry, I'm gonna restart. Yeah, 
Yeah. Cut this off. So our particular way of dealing with grief and loss is kind of like having possession of something nuclear, right? On one side, you can take this nuclear core that's very fragile, and I can create a bomb out of it, right? And the initial blow of that bomb is going to obviously devastate everything in its path, but then the quote-unquote nuclear fallout kill things over the course of time, slowly, right? Or I can take this nuclear core, which represents our grief and loss and emotions, and I can build a power plant around it. I can create energy. I can have it power things for progression, have it power life. But like a nuclear core, it's fragile. And if it's mishandled, you'll have a meltdown. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm just musing here, talking out loud. But um, sometimes I wonder, and this is not backed by any science, but maybe when you're mentioning Mark and digging the hole and when it gets so deep that you can't see the surface anymore, and then even this idea of channeling your energy towards something more positive, um, maybe part of it is finding um, connection with others. Because I, again, this is not backed by anything scientific by any stretch, but I think when maybe when you get in your own head so much and you're thinking so much about your own sense of loss or grief or the struggles that you are having when it's really self-focused that way, I feel like it makes it really easy to continue to dig down in that scenario and to only kind of focus on the problems or what's bad or what isn't working versus what you've done is turn that energy outward to say, how can we make sure that this isn't going to happen to other people? Or um, how can I share this message to basically honor my sister? But it's about others. It's about other people and connecting with other people and growing a community around that. And even when I was mentioning some, um, like earlier, I have... I know some people that have difficulty getting out of that hole, but I think that they're really focused on themselves when they get in that position versus if they look at other people and if they focus their attention towards something bigger than themselves, that usually is what pulls them out. I think it's easy to look at the situation and ask, why is this happening to me versus what is this trying to teach me? It's really easy just to focus on where things are lacking Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the worst part of your life instead of looking at maybe the silver lining Mm -hmm. which is hard to see when there's such a tragic event that's happened in your life because the tragic event encompasses everything it encompasses your logic your emotions you know just just everything it becomes your physical states yeah it becomes the only thing that you see and feel yeah and it's it's a huge test right like when these tragic events happen, yeah. they test you in a lot of different ways. How do you think it te- this loss tested you in the past year? I, th- <laughs> for me, um, I I think it actually uh, helped me get to the next stage in my life. Um, I was having this conversation and and and. They had asked me, they're like, if you had a time machine and you can go back and reverse it, would you? And most people would say in 100% in a second. But I paused and I 
thought about it for a second. And of course I would want my sister back. No question. But the thing is, is that the stuff that I was doing in my life before, I had my priorities sorely misguided. Let's put it that way. And, you know, and, and this event obviously kind of, you know, grabbed me by the temple and, and shook my head into, like, you know, a place of reality, I guess, so to speak. You know, kind of brings you back down to earth. And, um, and I had always said it that, at that stage in my life before this happened, I was like, I think I'm supposed to learn something before I'm allowed to move on to the next stage of my life. And th- I think this event really just put me in a place where it taught me. It didn't, te- it didn't test me, but it taught me everything that I was supposed to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and I was uh, allowed to sort of move on to this next stage in my life and leave the previous me behind. And, and um, I mean, that being said... I didn't like the person that I was before this happened, but I love the person that I am now after it happened because I feel like my life is a lot more purposeful, you know, going back to doing things for other people and, and, and all that stuff. And I know that is kind of a workaround answer, but it's, 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 I mean, it's different for, again, it's different for everyone, right? It's, it's all about how you yourself look at things in the situation and how what you're going to learn from it as you said and it's pretty remarkable how a tragedy in our lives um just a moment of discomfort forces many of us to just confront certain issues that we've either neglected in the past mm-hmm. or didn't realize were in front of us but mm-hmm. it usually takes a really tragic event for us to to realize Maybe it really what does. reality is. It really does. Yeah. It takes f- for us to lose someone so close to us to understand the value of what life is really, really all about. Yeah, death is a big teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Loss. Loss in general. Loss in general, yeah. What do you think death has taught you, Tom? Well, um... My dad's from a really large family and my mom's from a fairly large family too. So just due to the size of our family, I've probably had to, I've attended more funerals than the average person would have, or I've, I've dealt with loss probably more than the average person just by the numbers. There's just so many people in our family that it happens more. And I'm actually now even like mentally preparing myself. My dad's from a family of 15. Um, My my partner Karen, she has a, a her dad's from a family of eight. Like, it's kind of sad to say, but it's just the reality. Every everything has an ending. We're going to attend many funerals in our life, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah, the weird one with my dad is obviously it's just he played such a integral role in my life and taught me so much. So the I think where it's going to hit me more is moving forward moments that I would have leaned on him for advice or where I would have leaned on him to um, help guide me through certain challenges of life, those moments are going to be really difficult. Um, And that's probably where I'll feel it a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a weird thing. Like It's just sort of like a weird weird thing to, to... 
accept a new reality. Yeah, yeah. But it's also what you're saying is that it's that zero degrees of separation, right? Your aunt dies, your uncle dies, a cousin, a this, a that. And, you know, not dismissing the relationship with them, obviously. Because, right. um, you know, same with my family. But when it's zero degrees from you, when it's your father, my sister, someone that is directly correlated with your immediate family, the same household, it makes it that much more difficult, yeah. right? Because you spent your entire life with this particular person. So the, I, I think the, the management um, of your emotions becomes more difficult the closer you are with that person. Yeah, I would agree, right? for sure. So I don't know, what it would teach me is maybe um, to be determined... I know what he taught me. I have so many amazing lessons that that he taught me throughout my life and our time together that I'm going to carry forward and I'll share with my son. But uh, yeah, in terms of the loss itself and how that will all manifest, it'll probably, like you said, there's no timeline on these things, yeah. but it'll, it, I'm sure it'll be a lifetime of just sort mm-hmm. of processing all of that. But uh Have you been able to, I mean, either of you, have you been able to look at these losses as guides in your life, guiding you through new moments that you've never experienced in your life before, be it positive or negative, but do you kind of um, subconsciously think of what would my sister do or what would my father do in times like these or what are, how are those lessons going to guide me through this moment of of need. Well, it's you are a creation of him and your mother and that's like you don't have to be spiritual or a scientist to to know that there is a, a connection between a parent and their child mm-hmm. because it's creation, <laughs> right? Yeah. So absolutely. You're going to feel it more, for sure. And I mean for me it's it's not so much as what would she do as it's um, what would she, you know, would she be proud of this? Would she give me a thumbs up, right? You know, uh, I, not to be morbid because it's not a morbid thought, but it's like if I die tomorrow, if I, if I cross the street after this podcast and get hit by a car and I die, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that, you know, when I do see my sister in the afterlife, she'll be like, good job. I, I like what you did. You did good, kid. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And you did great. It's more so it's doing it for her. Um, and yeah, a little bit of what, what would she do? Because she has, so she has this mirror, the mirror. She has this mural that she painted on her wall in her bedroom. And it's just a bunch of quotes. My sister was super like, I call her like super hippie. Because she was just all about love and taking things as they come. You know, she was just sort of satisfied with everything that she had and she didn't need any more, right? And there, there's a few particular quotes that stand out and maybe I'll send the image for you to, to, to post in the visuals. But the one thing that's right in the middle of this mural is approach everything with love, right? And if you look past the memeness of that quote, and if you literally approach everything with love and positivity and without prejudice, you're gonna live a much happier life. Agree. 
Agreed. Totally. Yes, Joanna. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? By the way, I should mention, you know that orchid that you yeah. gave? So that orchid has, you know, gone through its cycle mm-hmm. several times over. And in her bedroom is just a um, an array of just bloomed orchids. Oh. And her, like her, her bedroom is filled with so much life. And these flowers will just go through their cycle, die, come back to life like, like instantly. Her bedroom is filled with so much life. Do you guys find that people have a hard time navigating um, the conversations about loss? So friends and family who approach you with their condolences, what's the best way you think to navigate this situation from an outsider's point of view while showing support? Just accept it. Just accept it. No Just he- being there, There's right? no hesitation. So, because if I'm being completely honest, I'm tired of it, but not in an insensitive way. Do you understand? What are you tired of? I'm tired of hearing, I'm so sorry to hear about your sister. Uh-huh. You're doing a great job, you know, her legacy and, and all that stuff, you know, especially in the beginning. I got so tired of hearing that. But again, not in an insensitive way, because I know that they were coming from a place of love and wanting to show their respects and all that stuff. But it's a constant reminder of her, of the way she died, of how she died and all that stuff. And, and at one point I got so frustrated internally and then I thought back on it and I'm like, look, this is coming from a place of love and compassion and they're just trying to, you know, because mm-hmm. people don't naturally, people don't know what to say when people are programmed to say, I'm sorry for your loss. Let me know if I can do anything for you. Right. And, and that's just what we're programmed to say. And I'll say again, not from an insensitive place, but that's just what people are programmed to say. So, so they just say nothing at all? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's better to just pre- not pretend like nothing happened, but just like go back to your, sense, uh, your place of normality with that person, especially if some time has passed, mm-hmm. right? But again, it depends, right? If you're if 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 you're a person that's more sensitive than most, then maybe they are going to need a little bit more attention. Maybe maybe a how you doing every now and again right. is okay. But to to emit that that feeling of like that depressed state, like I don't want to meet up with my friends and be like. Are you okay, man? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I don't want that. I want to go back to a sense of normality. Yes, my sister is gone. Yes, your father is gone. But I'm not going to live in that depressive state for the rest of my life. You also don't want people to treat you differently, right? Exactly. Exactly. Especially the people that are closest to you. Yeah, it's, there's no real right or wrong way. I think just showing support for me was helpful. Just any any form of support. The one thing that I would avoid is sometimes people would come up and they would really be having their own challenges dealing with the loss and then they would project it onto me. So it'd be like something where they're like, it's just so tough. You're never going to see him again. You're like, uh, I realized that. Thank you for yeah. pointing that out. Yeah. Like, I don't need to hear that. Yeah. So when, when people would sometimes just really dwell on the loss and talk to me about it, I'm like, I got enough, man. I don't need to yeah. guide you through that right now. Remember, some people just don't know yeah. how to express themselves. And they may say the wrong thing accidentally, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's where the whole, like, just take it for what it is. Right. Because, again, it's, it's selfishly about us. 
And if we make it about them and what they said, they said the wrong thing. They shouldn't have said this. They, then you're just going to self-inflict that pain on yourself. Whereas just like, thank you, thank you. So now I'm just trained to say, thank you, thank you, move on, right? Because it's, it's not about trying to forget. It's about learning to live with it and allowing it to be a part of your life. Now, you're both entrepreneurs, respectively, um, suffered great losses in your life, but you've been able, like I mentioned earlier, to really just bounce back in terms of getting into work again, getting into productivity mode. But for a lot of people, when they suffer loss or experience grief, that really derails their plans, especially with work. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of allow yourself that or give yourself that permission to to take time off. My most recent loss in terms of a relationship, I remember a friend telling me, because I was on the phone with her and I was feeling really guilty mm. about not being productive that week because I just wasn't in the mindset. And I wasn't in the mindset. I didn't think I was actually going to produce quality stuff. And she sure. said, well, if you were working for somebody, do you think you'd take some personal times time off, mm-hmm. um, call in sick and explain the situation? I'm mentally unhealthy right now. And I'm like, yeah, I probably would be. So as your own boss, why wouldn't you allow yourself that time to heal? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that for, and maybe I can speak for all of, like at least us in the room, that when you're in this place of independent work and in a creative space, because we're all in creative industries, um, I think, I don't want to use the word easier, but maybe I have to for lack of a better word, it might be a little bit easier to to be able to get back to that um, more quickly than someone working in a space where it's repetitive. Do you Is know it what I mean? Is it because you feel like you have no other choice but to do that? No, I think it's more of being able to emit or, or get rid of the excess energy. But so. you almost have to give yourself that permission. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, say, absolutely. Yeah, like this is the time that I need to... To mm-hmm. kind of deal with things. Well, you said it, right? Why it? wouldn't you give yourself the time as your own boss? Yeah. Because if you worked in that other job space, yeah, you would call them and say, hey, look, I'm going through this thing right now. I need a couple of days to myself, right? And this day and age, we're, we're told to and we're promoting the fact that we need to take care of our mental health. And, then, and that's, uh, that's a great thing. As we wrap, what's the biggest takeaway from your respective experiences, like a positive one that you can kind of carry with you in the days, the months, years ahead? Mine would be to focus on gratitude. That was something that my dad taught me throughout his life while he was here and something that I've chosen to focus on now that he's gone too. Just, I'm super grateful for the time that we did have, for the lessons that we learned. There's plenty of people that lose a loved one like that earlier in their life or they didn't have that relationship or in the case of my dad he proved a lot of people wrong and lived for essentially seven years longer than the doctors thought he would so I really hang on to those seven years and all the time that we had there and um, when you focus on what you do have versus what you don't have that has been really helpful for me and I think you know again I I repeat this all the time you know learning Emotional management, just like time management, right? Because you're going to be efficient. Um, but also just um, taking 
taking the lesson which is value in life and the people that are around you. And, and I know it's hard in 2019 not to be distracted by so many colors and lights and stuff like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to go home to the people that love you. You're ultimately doing this for the betterment of yourself and the people that are with you as well. So value of life value of love and just learning to live your life one day at a time thank you thanks for sharing your stories guys my pleasure yeah thanks for being here today and i'm sorry i came late <laughs>